Hey, it's Maller here. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for the Fox Sports Radio Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register today so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you'll be entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any graduate hotel's Location sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that! Shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Maller here. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for the Fox Sports Radio Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register today so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you'll be entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any graduate hotel's Location sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, just I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck... You buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold this value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Kaboom! If you thought four hours a day, 1,200 minutes a week was enough, think again. He's the last remnants of the old republic. A sole bastion of fairness. He treats crackheads in the ghetto gutter the same as the rich pill poppers in the penthouse. Wow. The clearinghouse of hot takes break free for something special. The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller starts right now. In the air everywhere as we kick off the weekend. And have some fun here on the podcast. A spinoff. You know that by now. A spinoff. If you're new to the podcast, welcome of the overnight show. Four hours a night. Clearly not enough on the overnight. We do some different things on the podcast. We we don't stick to sports. Of course, we don't stick to sports on the podcast. Uh, and, hey, we do this eight days a week. So this is our Friday podcast. Saturday, got a brand new piping hot podcast that will come your way. And then the mailbag, the staple of Sundays. You know, people think on Sundays a day of leisure, day of rest, you might go to church or something like that. But the mailbag, a large part of the conscience of America. But it is the fifth hour, and uh, it's a spin the wheel of uh, podcast sidekicks here and see uh, round and round and round and round. Oh, look at this. Look who's decided to leave west of the 405 and come in here this week. David Gascon joining us here. How excited is that? Unbelievable. Well, I I thought it was a fitting occasion to come back this week after what went down earlier in the week due to... uh, Due to the dark alleys of Reddit and also the uh, the white collar uh, sycophants in Wall Street, so it's uh, well. You are referring to the story. This is going to be a podcast related to Wall Street, yes. but in simpleton terms. Yes, in layman terms uh, is what it's going to be. Yeah, it's a wild story. It does have a sports angle to it. Uh, because a lot of the owners in professional sports, many of the new owners, are hedge fund people. And this involves the attempt to take down some of the hedge funds. And uh, just to give you the thumbnail version to kind of set this up, because we are going to be joined. This is an interview podcast by a financial guru, well, a media guru who covers finances and all that and has uh, inside, I don't know, inside information, but but it's plugged in. Plugged in would be the way to describe it. So if you haven't been paying attention and you're completely in the dark on this, on Wall Street, a subreddit, Wall Street Bets, they started this movement investing on GameStop, which is a struggling video game retailer. And they drove the price of stock up, but that screwed over the people that were investing and betting it was going to go the other way. It's called shorting a stock. 
is what it's called. And we're going to get into that here. And I think we should welcome in now from the street live with Jim Kramer. You can see her with the Jim Kramer, that crazy guy from CNBC. They do a show every morning on the street. Welcome in Catherine Ross, who joins us here on the fifth hour with Ben Maller and Gascon. So, Catherine, welcome. I think we should start with the term shorting a stock. What exactly does that even mean? So to break it down, short selling is basically saying that you're looking at a company's stock and you're looking at the company and you're saying this company cannot survive. So for fun, let's, uh, let's pretend that we're trying to invest in Sears and we're looking at the stock and we're saying, you know, this is just going to, they're going to declare bankruptcy sooner or later. So I'm going to buy X amount of uh, Sears shares for $5 from somebody who has, um, who owns shares. So I'm borrowing them. And then because I'm betting that it's a, that it's going to fail when that, when that share goes down, I'm selling it. I'm giving it back to the person who owns those shares at a profit. So for example, if I borrowed at $5 and it went down to $1, then I get to pocket the $4. All right, Does that so, make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, absolutely. So you're, you're essentially be, you're betting on failure, right? That's that's how yeah. that would work. You're betting on failure, and so this this Reddit community, Wall Street Beats, uh, has uh, has gotten or bets rather has gotten a, a lot of attention here. And have they essentially, at least for a couple of days, beaten the hedge fund guys at their own at their own game? Yeah. They did. Um, they were basically able to say that we believe in this company. We actually think there's a turnaround story. And for full context, this comes after um, one of the Chewy co-founders not only invested heavily in GameStop a while ago, but then ended up joining the board and said that he plans to help um, turn around GameStop. So these guys are basically saying, I see this as a turnaround story. The hedge funds shorting this stock are wrong, and therefore they were able to drive it up um, because they came in droves. And when they drove it up, then they forced the hedge funds to cover their short positions, which means that they have to spend money instead of get money. Yeah, and and it wasn't just the the Reddit sub. It was all I saw. Elon Musk was in on the, and there were some other people, not just some people of high profile. Uh, so I, I know Elon Musk has a pretty good imprint on social media and all that. So that played in it, and he's. Hasn't he had an issue over the years here, Catherine, with the the hedge fund community in general, right, with Tesla and all that? I I remember reading something about that a while ago, though. So this is a bit personal, I would think. Yes? Perhaps, yeah. I I think what you're referring to is maybe a couple of years ago when he tweeted out that he wanted to take Tesla private at 420 a share. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, and then there was that uproar, and then uh, so – but – that aside, though, you know how what if you were to break up the percentage pie, Catherine? Like, how much of what happened the last week on Wall Street was the subreddit, and how much of it was influenced by Elon Musk and a few other people of, of prominence that were, I guess, adding fuel to the fire? I'm going to give a lot of the credit to Wall Street bets. Um, and I think that when Elon Musk, Karen Winklevoss, and Chamas Palapatia joined the fray, they kind of added to it. And we definitely saw stock, the stock spiked um, on all three occasions. 
But I definitely think that this really started with WSB and their drive to say that a lot of them really believe that, that there's a turnaround story. It wasn't just it became overheated really quickly, but the core of it really was that they believe in the stock. Yeah, and and reading some of the stories that have come out, and, uh, and you, know, you deal in this world all the time, but uh, you know, the, the people say this this a revolution. This is a rev- what we've seen this week is not just kind of a one off situation against the people on Wall Street. Does it rise to that level, or is this a story that's just a couple of days and then things will start to get back to normal you know next week so i've been in contact with a lot of the community over on wsb and they have assured me that this is as you just said this is a movement for them this is more than just making some money off of the trade and especially now on thursday after we saw a bunch of brokerages um restrict buying of these stocks that that message has kind of been reaffirmed that they want to really in their words, take it to Wall Street. They think that Wall Street doesn't, in their in their eyes, that they that Wall Street doesn't seem to care about the retail investor. Whether that's right or wrong, that's up for debate. But that is their view. Yeah, and, and you brought up the I, I'm on I'm on Robinhood. Uh, you know, I play around there a little bit, but for them to take and, and I guess some of the other uh, day trading apps took uh, the the stocks that they were. You know, betting on on the on the subreddit, they took them off. So, how much damage do you think that's going to do to Robinhood, which is thriving right now? That when things get a little crazy, they're just going to not allow you to purchase the stock. Uh, I would think that's that's going to do some damage to their business model. Uh, how do you think that plays out? Oh, it's gonna it's definitely going to do damage. I mean, I've been assured by many that they're leaving Robinhood as soon as they can. Um, the other interesting thing, actually, is that Robinhood plans to go public. And so this is, I'm sure that right now they're very happy they're a private company. But going forward, this has really hurt uh, consumer trust in Robinhood. And therefore, I could see them having some trouble with that IPO. Hey, Catherine, when you when you look at this, and I know you, you're talking about the community with Wall Street bets, and, and you've been in contact with those people throughout the week, what about on the opposing side? I mean, don't some of these people, the people that are up and above us, like don't they understand the gravity of this situation given the fact that, one, we're in a pandemic, and two, there's all kinds of people in this country that are at home and have nothing else to do and then just got $600 from the government? I think that's definitely part of it. I think that there, Wall Street that's really struggled at the beginning to make this known as being seen as a serious thing. And then when it, when they were able to drive the stock price up so much, it, suddenly there was like a panic and there was a lot of worry on wall street of the traditional um, power structure being upset. And I think that that's kind of why you're seeing what could be construed as a clapback. Right. And I was going to say with regards to that, too, because now you're trying to pick up the pieces of where this shutdown was coming from. Who called it? Is it Robin Hood or is it someone else? But on Thursday, there were reports that Treasury Secretary uh, Janet Yellen had received over $800,000 in speaking fees. And that came from Citadel, which is a hedge fund company founded by Ken Griffin. So like that influence is there from somebody. Deep down, like where does this come from? Because we've seen the class action lawsuits on Thursday. Like, how does this how does this play out? How do you see it? 
I think that there's going to be a lot of back and forth and pointing fingers. I saw an interview with Andrew Ross Sorkin of CNBC who basically said that this he worries that when this when the dust settles here, we're going to see everyone pointing fingers at one another. And, and I believe that to be the case. I think that no one trusts each other right now, and it's very divided. What I think will happen now because of the action that we've seen on Thursday is that we're going to see more regulation of these online brokerages because the question now is being raised by both Democrats and Republicans, is it okay for them to be able to restrict buying of stocks? You know, that's, is that fair to, the, to a free market? Yeah, I mean, because we've gone through we've gone through days, weeks and months now about what you can and what you can't tweet, what you can and can't post on social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, whatever it is. And now if you're going to have these restrictions on how you can trade, whether it's shorting or, or buying these options, uh, what's next? Yeah, I mean, that's the ultimate question. Is it fair? The, the argument for the online brokerages does make sense. And it's when you just look at it and it's black and white. These brokerages are trying to protect themselves. They're worried that, and they're trying to protect the consumer. They they're seeing this volatility, and they're worried that people who are not they they're not well enough known around Wall Street. They don't know enough that they could really hurt themselves if they continue to trade such volatile stocks. That makes sense. They also don't want to get sued. That also makes sense. The issue then is. Do you have a right to tell someone that they can't trade that stock or do you try to educate them better, you know, instead of allowing, for example, margin calls on a highly volatile stock? Do you force them? Do you somehow educate them before they make these decisions? Yeah, see, and I have the question and I have a tough time with that because the instant pushback for me and you heard it throughout the week is that you have people that are treating the stock market like a casino. Well, when you go into a casino, you have no parachute. I mean, you go in there. There's there's some disclosures. There's some things that they warn you about for you know gambling, for gamblers anonymous and whatnot. If you have a, a gambling problem, but once you go in, you lay down the money. It's it's there. It's there for the taking. So like, I I don't I don't fully comprehend that nature of saying well we need to regulate. We need to inform and educate. I mean that's that's part of who you are. It's part of who we are as. As adults, we have free reign to use our money as we choose, no? I mean, I would personally, as a journalist, agree with you. I would say that there should be tools in place that if you, for example, if you're going to allow people to um, buy margins, then what you should be doing is force them to take an education course or something of the sort before you really allow them to dive deep into the technical part of that. But if they're looking to buy a stock, what what better way to get people into the market? And I think that this overall, based on the conversations I've had with younger investors who have recently gotten in via Robinhood, um, they really feel like there's no trust anymore. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, you brought up the the average investor, or the uh, the person that uses like Robinhood and things like that, but. Back a few years ago, I remember when these things, these apps came around, and and they were like talking about how excited everyone was on Wall Street because they were going to draw in the average investor, I guess, to get their money. Uh, but is this a cautionary tale? This this subreddit where the savvy veterans got played here at their, you know, they thought they were going to get all this extra money, and, and maybe they still will in the end. But you know, right now they're not looking so good right now. I think so. I think that this is definitely kind of a wake-up call that there are retail investors who are really interested in the market. And they're not only interested in investing in companies that they believe in, they also feel that they need to 
for writer, for better or worse, they feel like they need to target these hedge funds who are heavily shorting these companies. How long have you been in the game, Catherine? Has it been been a while? It's been about three years. I, I got to imagine this. I mean, you talk about everything going on in the world, but with the president and President Trump in 2016, and now this. This has got to be. This got to be the, some of the stuff that that journalists like yourself dream about, right? I completely agree. There. I mean, yes, it's it's been quite a ride. I, I'm really proud to be a journalist in this moment of history. I know that you know mainstream media gets a lot of um, negative attention, but. I think that what I try to bring and as a journalist is just to try to give everyone a voice. And I think that being able to uh, cover the stories that we've been covering in the past couple of years, as you said, with President Trump, now President Biden, now Wall Street bets, I really hope that I can bring a voice to everyone. So uh, being in the industry now, what's it like? I mean, because you work you work with Jim Cramer on the regular, right? Yeah, we host The Daily Show, um, The Street Live with Jim Cramer and Catherine Ross at 10.30 a.m. every day. So what's it like working for Jim? Jim is awesome. He is very, I didn't know what to expect when I first started working at The Street. Um, and he had one day just come up to me, and I was just a breaking news reporter at the time, and he said, I want you on camera. And I was like, okay, I think that you've got the wrong person. But he was like, no, you're really talented. And so we started doing videos together. And he is exactly how he is on camera. Very excitable, um, incredibly smart, great to work with. And he just genuinely cares. Like, we'll be walking down the street in the normal times when we're together, and fans will come up, and he will stop and take selfies with every single one of them. He is that nice of a guy. <laughs> Interesting. Hey, uh, as far as – back to, to the the story with GameStop and all this, like, uh, we, we've seen – I think it was a what the su- the subreddit's as we're doing this in real time is still up, but uh, there are some other things that have been taken down on the internet related to this. So, uh, how long does this subreddit last? Are they are they going to be shut down? Are the people from Wall Street? What's your your guesstimate on how how much life this subreddit has? Because I, we do live in the age of cancel culture. So, are they going to be canceled? Wall Street bets. That's a great question. I actually think that even if, as we saw Wednesday night, even if people try to shut them down, they're going to come back. So immediately after um, they were kicked off, Wall Street Bets was kicked off of Discord, I believe, I started getting DMs on Twitter from Wall Street Bets um, members who were sending me their Discord links and saying, like, we're now on this channel. So I think that they're really focused on coming back. They're very united. Um, and more more than just, you know, trying to put together a short squeeze on GameStop, the one thing that people don't really see about Wall Street Bets is that it's actually like an investing community where they really build each other up. I've been sent so many posts about, like, people learning how to invest and, and other members will walk them through it or they'll say, you know, like, I just made X amount of money on this investment and now I can pay off my parents' mortgage. Like, it's, it's actually really really nice community when you just get past kind of like the crass words that they tend to use. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I was also, I was reading uh, a story somewhere about the reason they targeted GameStop and a couple of these other companies is because was it the hedge fund? Actually, most of these hedge funds from what, what I was reading do not announce their intentions, meaning that, you know, they, there are ways to avoid getting the information out on who you're in, which stocks you're shorting 
And for for some reason, I guess because of transparency, which is uh, transparency, which is good, they actually let it out that they were shorting this stock, and they, that's why GameStop was targeted. Is that is that? Am I reading that right? Is that does that mean it's going to continue the, the the way it's been going here, or does that mean just have a have a little bit dip your toe in the water, but don't jump in? Okay, okay. I think that Bitcoin is here to stay. So I think that what's going to happen is that we periodically see these dips in it, and I think right now a lot of the momentum that it had for going down actually was kind of put off by this all this GameStop, uh, GameStop, sorry, GameStop news. Um, so I, I could see the argument that it, it's not only here to stay, but it will come back to maybe close to the levels that it's at. I think the sell-off that we saw, what was that, like a month ago? I'm, I'm beginning to lose track of time here. Um, I believe the sell-off that we saw like a, a month ago or so was due just to the fact that it was hitting all-time highs, and, and it's normal for investors to take profit. You have to think about it a little bit like a stock. Yeah, and as far as what's what's next, we'll we'll try to become the uh, the great Nostradamus and predict what's going to happen. So <laughs> I, I my gut tells me that we're going to see Congress get involved. They, like, there'll be hearings on Capitol Hill over what has happened. Uh, but ultimately, what do you think is going to, you know, I know you you touched on it earlier, but what do you think comes out of this? It, I, I would imagine more regulations and more more red tape. Uh, but how far does this thing go? Definitely see more regulations or red tape, as you just mentioned. I think that it, there's going to be a lot of questions brought up. I mean, what you mentioned at the beginning of us talking with with the questions around can Twitter silence people, you know, that that is to a certain extent applicable in this sense of can investors have their investment power taken away from them in a certain regard. Um, so there's going to be a lot of back and forth, but I think that this might be the one time that we really see Democrats and Republicans united, at least that we've seen so far this year in that there needs to be more regulation on a very heavily regulated space just because online brokerages have opened up so many doors, especially now that there's commission-free. When that kind of came into play two, a year and a half, two years ago, there there were a whole there was a lot of speculation that this is going to change the way that we invest forever, but there wasn't necessarily a path to show how. And I think that this incident shows that this will change the way that retail investors are approaching the market. So, Catherine, this is you know, we've always heard of insider trading, and that's you taboo, and you get in trouble for that. But this is the Reddit. Just like I was on there on on the Wall Street Bet subreddit, and it's just like seems like regular people. I don't know. You never know. It's the internet. You could you know, these people could have inside information, but it seems like it's this would be outsider trading, right? This is not insider trade. These are people on the outside that are that 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 have figured out the cheat code here. That's my read on it too. When this first started happening, one of the questions that I kept asking, I know a lot of finance journalists kept asking was, is this market manipulation? And the short answer is, if you want to look at just what the definition of market manipulation is, technically that would be a yes, but they're not, from my viewpoint, doing anything illegal. So what's wrong with having a bunch of people decide we want to go in on this stock? Is there is there anything different than what we see from um, hedge funds and other institutional investors? I mean, that's that's a question that has to be asked. Catherine, what's the, uh, I guess, what's next on the horizon for, for you guys? I mean, obviously, I don't know how long this thing will be, but 
Like, what else are you guys monitoring at the moment right now, or has it just been the, the frenzy on, on Reddit? I've been kind of sidetracked with the frenzy on Reddit, but what's next is definitely what's going to happen with the stimulus package because those stimulus checks, if we do get those $1,400 um, checks, what are these Reddit investors going to be doing? Or if I could say whether or not it's first or not. And, and doing this every day, what's the what's the read you get from the people you talk to and obviously uh, Kramer and whatnot about uh, the Joe Biden presidency? I, I know there were people concerned uh, when the election was going on. Well, if Trump wins, it'll be better for the stock market. If Biden wins, not so much. Does it really matter, though, who the president is? I mean, I feel like the stock market is such a big monster. It, uh, it's almost beyond that. But but what are you hearing on on the changes coming with the new president? So honestly, the stock market has kind of shown us so far that it doesn't care. The tradition there is that Wall Street loves gridlock. They want to see political gridlock. But when we saw the runoffs in Georgia back in um, early January, Wall Street loved it. Wall Street took it in stride that two Democrats had um, taken those seats and therefore had a majority. And I think that we're just going to continue to see investors put money into the market because they like the fact that a tweet can't send the doubt down. Um, and that is really going to change the kind of name of the game that we've seen for the past four years. Awesome. And uh, so, Catherine, how can people find you on Twitter? And we'll put this all on the, the podcast uh, page and whatnot. But you're on the street live with Jim Kramer every day, right? Monday through Friday there. Every day. Yeah. All right. You and can now, find us over on the street.com. My Twitter handle is at by Catherine Ross with a K. And um, I'm the same thing on Instagram. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Hey, it's Maller here. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for the Fox Sports Radio Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register today so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you'll be entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any graduate hotel's Location sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. Hey guys, it's Rich Davis from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance or any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew could stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you could sit back and enjoy the wide open views with the whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter what your style, you could drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. What does it take to run a small business? Heart, smarts, and the nerve to risk it all in the face of adversity. Listen to The Unshakables. The new podcast now available from Chase for Business and iHeart. It features real stories from real small business owners who take you through the turmoil, triumphs, and quick turns that help their businesses break through. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. 
Chase Mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. Copyright 2024. J.P. Morgan Chase and Company. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Maller here. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for the Fox Sports Radio Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register today so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you'll be entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any graduate hotel's location sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now.